Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Real Life Real Crime Daily for Monday, March 12th. And I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. Hey, guys. Hello. Monday. Monday. How was the cement pond this weekend? <laughs> very, very nice. But you didn't like that question. That was, that was no, no. <laughs> I was, just, I, I was thinking that the, the uh, all the alcohol was drank and Traeger was fired and it was love. You started on the moat. Uh, actually, um, we did successfully cut a path down to the beach there. Okay, so moat comes moat not a necessity immediately, but it'll. Well, it's it's next well the, the backside has a forty foot cliff on, on the river, so that's wow. that's protected. And has that, a, that could be has, the, has its own beach too. That could be the Overton train station then. That's right. It could be or Murder Bayou. Exactly. Hmm. All right. So we're going to get into some crime, crime time quickly today. And what there was none this weekend. Couldn't believe it. The whole world. No, just, no everybody just took the weekend off. Nobody did anything. It's nobody great. did anything. Nobody it's robbed anybody. Of, nobody killed anybody. It's great. It's kind of weird. Yeah. I don't know about that. Okay. There maybe there was some crime. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's job security forever. Uh, At the current pace anyway. All right. The uh a beating death victim has been identified as the father of an officer killed in Baton oh, Rouge in the twenty sixteen ambush. Uh, the Baton Rouge Police Department is investigating the beating death of a man outside the Triple S Food Mart on North Foster Drive near Fairfields Avenue in Baton Rouge. Not the best part of town, yeah, wouldn't you agree? Same deal where Alton Sterling was. Yeah, so according to police, Hosea Jackson, 63, was physically assaulted on Thursday. Family members confirmed that Hosea Jackson is the father of slain BRPD Corporal Montel Jackson, one of the officers that was killed in the 2016 law enforcement ambush in Baton Rouge. Hosea Jackson was rushed to the hospital and died as a result of his injuries. Baton Rouge Police Department said autopsy results ruled Jackson's death a homicide because of injuries to his head and neck area. A motive and suspect are unknown as of this time. Just a horrible situation. And if you're from this area, uh, one of the worst police tragedies. The worst uh, ever. And probably in the state of Louisiana, one of the nation. But on that note, uh, Montreal, um, who was killed, basically executed that day, uh, um, his son... Shout out to Billy Amy, Baton Rouge City Cop. Um, he doesn't have any children, and he acts as a surrogate dad, uh, father figure to all the surviving officers' kids. And, and Montreal's son, just last week, Billy sent me a picture of Montreal's son riding with him, and it was his birthday or something, and Billy was taking it. But Billy dressed up for like in Batman or whatever favorite 
Um, he God, superheroes and goes to birthday parties yeah. and does and takes them out and does things like that. So, uh, and then now this kid's grandfather's dead too. Uh, um, just sad, whatever. Praying for the family. Yeah, yeah. So let me tell you about another crime that BRPD is investigating it. And the Baton Rouge Police Department has actually made an arrest after a video surfaced showing a five-year-old boy smoking while riding in a vehicle with an adult male. Police say, wait, it gets better. Police say they believe the child was smoking marijuana. John Hall, 48, was booked into East Baton Rouge Parish Prison for contributing to the delinquency of juveniles, distribution and possession with intent to uh, distribute weed, and illegal illegal use of a controlled dangerous substance in the presence of a person under 17. Um, They... Police say the suspect used to date one of the boy's relatives. And the video was sent to police by a concerned citizen. And Baton Rouge PD Corporal Sandra Watts says they were able to confirm the matter after reviewing the video. She said, we were able to positively identify Mr. Hall as a person seen in the video passing that suspected suspected marijuana blunt to a five-year-old juvenile who was puffing and pulling on the marijuana blunt. When we have individuals like this that are forcing children to partake in illegal substances, we want the public to know that they can reach out to us, provide us with information, and we'll bring that person to justice. And this is not the first time this same child has fallen into a dangerous situation. Police confirmed the five-year-old was the same little boy who was badly hurt a few weeks ago with another child when an AK-47 went off in a home um, where the lady was supposed to be watching him, right? Crazy. I mean, come on, man. Five years old. Puff, puff, pass for the five-year-old. What the fuck? And the and the the uh, AK forty seven a couple of weeks that was the same. Yep, same five year old, and he was he was hurt uh, um, when the AK forty seven goes off in the home. Now let me tell you something. I'm a big gun advocate and everything else, and I actually have an AK forty seven. Shout out to Shane McBride and, and Rich um, for. Help me acquire that one, but there there really is no reason to hunt with an AK forty seven or whatever. It's a seven point six two millimeter, and it's made for killing. And we, I mean, I don't know. Is whatever. there anything you hunt with that gun? I mean, you could hunt anything in the no, world. No, but have you ever you taken it out help. on a hunt? No, in fact, it's not made for that. So it's for sports. It's for, it's, it's it's for self defense. Okay. In my case, you come on my place, and I mean, you're going to spring a lot to leaks. But if there's a five year old on the premises, they do not have a path to getting toward that exactly, weapon. Exactly. Um, God, crazy. That, 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 we're going to have a uh, five year old smoking no weed living. with five year old rolling down the road, puff puff pass, and and the kids doing it. So you know it's not the first time. I mean, it's the culture that the kids raised in, evidently. But somebody needs to have their ass beat. Wow. Um, let's go to Australia. We haven't. Uh, hey, the land down under. Australia. Shout out to all our Aussie fans. And we this, love you a lot of them. This is an incredible story. I, I, I'm not quite sure what to make of this story. And 
look forward to hearing uh, your impressions from it, you guys. Uh, an Australian mom was convicted of killing four babies. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, but she's been pardoned after 20 years in prison. Mm. Uh, New South Wales Attorney General Michael Daly said that Kathleen Fulbig has been granted a, quote, unconditional pardon and will be released from jail without delay based upon preliminary findings of a review into her conviction that found, quote, reasonable doubt as to her guilt for all four of the deaths. There is reasonable doubt as to Ms. Fulbig's guilt of the manslaughter of her child, Caleb, the infliction of grievous bodily harm on her child, Patrick, and the murder of her children, Patrick, Sarah, and Laura, Daly said in the news conference. I should tell you right now, these children, four of them, died in separate incidents. They did not die together. Really? Fulbig was pardoned based on new scientific evidence that her four children died by natural causes. Wow. The review was conducted by the former chief justice of the Supreme Court of New South Wales. Uh, his name is Thomas Bathurst. Fulbig, who is now 55, was found guilty way back in 2003 of smothering her children, mm. Caleb, Patrick, Sarah, and Laura, and doing so before uh, each of their second birthdays. She reportedly found them one after another lifeless in their cribs. Mm. She was sentenced to 40 years in prison for murder and manslaughter with a non-parole period of 30 years. The four children died separately between 1989 and 1999. They were aged between 19 days, that was the youngest uh, age at, at the point one died, to 19 months. So four straight kids of this mother all died between the age of 19 uh, days and 19 months. There has been a terrible ordeal. This has been a terrible ordeal for everyone concerned, and I hope that our actions today can put some closure on this 20-year-old matter, said the judge. He added that Craig Fulberg, uh, Craig Fulbig, who is the baby's father, had also been informed about the decision. I'm thinking of him today as well. Daly confirmed that Clarence Correctional Center, where Fulbig was uh, serving her sentence, had been instructed to look after her following the decision. They thought that she uh, might be in some danger. I think we've all put ourselves in Miss Fulbig's shoes and let her now have the space that she needs to get on with her life and not to harass her or pursue her in any way, he said. This has been a 20-year-long ordeal for her, and she's not out already. Uh, and if she's not out already, she soon uh, will be, and we wish her well the rest of her life. Forbig was subsequently released from the uh, Clarence Correctional Center shortly after 11 a.m. local time. Uh, a news conference was held, and at that news conference, uh, Daly said that Fulbig's convictions had not been quashed. Quote, the only body that can do that is the Court of Criminal Appeal. The effect of a pardon is that she will not have to serve the rest of her sentence. So, it doesn't undo the conviction, but it takes away the rest of her sentence. In 2021, a group of 90 scientists submitted a petition to pardon Fulbig for what they call a miscarriage of justice. Quote, there is no medical evidence to support the prosecution's case that Fulbig smothered each of her children. 
the scientists argued. Instead, the group said they believed that the babies may have died of genetic causes. In 2018, geneticists found that both Sarah and Laura had a genetic mutation in the COM2 gene, which can cause sudden death in infants and children, according to the petition. They're still working to determine if there is strong genetic link to the boys' deaths. An autopsy performed at the time of the death showed that Patrick, who died at eight months, suffered from epilepsy. His death was attributed to airway obstruction due to a seizure and an infection. Caleb's death at just 19 days was reported as uh, SIDS death, a sudden infant death syndrome. In the petition, the scientists argued that Fulbig's conviction is based in part on the discredited theory coined, quote, Meadows Law, which assumes that the likelihood of more than two children from one family dying of genetic causes is so unlikely that there must be foul, pay, foul play involved. So the evidence they convicted her on is that it couldn't be a coincidence that this many of her children died so young. This guy who works with children suffering rare and fatal disabilities was one of the 90 experts to sign the petition. He explained that this is no, long, no longer a scientifically supported theory. So the, the Meadows Law thing that got her, uh, got Fulbig convicted originally is no longer a scientifically supported theory. But man, it's just hard to think yeah. that one mother could have four kids yeah. all died. I mean, if, if it truly, they truly were accidental deaths, it's one of the most horrible things Absolutely. I've ever heard. And this Absolutely. poor woman Absolutely. who spends 20 years, but at the same time, the, it's uh, awfully uh, hard. As old homicide guy, I would have gone after it too. I mean, you, you know, but I've worked way too many of the babies that die. You know, I don't think they call it SIDS anymore. Uh, uh, but I either... Either it's the greatest case of injustice I've ever heard of, or they just bleed hearts that got her out. I don't know. I have to have more. Well, and what they did that. was uh, this this ruling that they made was sort of a well, we think we might have effed up, and so we're going to let you out now. Um, but we're not. What did they call it? They call it quash. We're not quashing the original charges. So. We're not declaring you officially innocent. Right. We're pardoning you in, and in releasing case, you. In now. case we got it wrong, I, crazy. You know, I don't know. I don't, the, I don't know. This is one of the strangest things I've ever heard. A Florida mom is accused of leaving her two kids in a car that caused fire while she was allegedly shoplifting. Alicia Moore, 24, was arrested and now faces two felony charges for the May 26 incident. According to police, both of the uh, both of the Orlando residents' children, whose ages are unknown, survived the fire, but one suffered first-degree burns. Moore's car, a 2016 Lincoln, was parked at the mall where she was allegedly shoplifting from Dillard's with an unknown male when her vehicle caught fire. Moore dropped the merchandise and fled the department store when she saw that her car was engulfed in flames. Both children were eventually able to leave the burning vehicle and receive care at a nearby hospital thanks to bystanders. The arrest states that one of Moore's children suffered multiple first-degree burns on her face and ears before she was able to escape. Police arrested Moore on an outstanding warrant unrelated to the mall incident and charged her with both arson and aggravated child neglect. The cause of the fire is still unknown. Moore contributed to the injuries her children obtained because the fire occurred during the commission of a felony by Moore. 
Moore entered a not guilty plea and her bond is set at $20,000. And I, I, I didn't know that, um, you could tie, uh, someone committing a crime and, 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 uh, if they're, if your children are injured during that time, well, it's, kind of I wasn't like aware robbery. Of they wouldn't have been there in the car called on fire. If yeah. She had not been doing what mm-hmm. she was doing. Yeah. That's what I was saying. So I get that, but so that's weird. And I, I would, I want us to do a follow up on this. Cause I want to know what, the, how in the hell can you charge someone with arson when they weren't even in a car to start the fire? I don't know. Maybe right. she left a cigarette burner or something. But if a cigarette nowadays burn out automatically, Jelly like that? No. The, the, the like you used to fall asleep and burn yeah. your house down. Now, if you don't puff on it, and, and, and however long they they cut off, hmm. I did not know that. That's true. I knew this because I got these pipes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the um, the next story in Sturgis, South Dakota. Uh, Wade Allen, thirty nine, was sentenced yesterday after pleading no contest to charges in connection to the murder and mutilation, of, like shit business of his girlfriend, as well as the sexual assault of a fellow inmate once in custody. Allen is sentenced to 39 to 60 years imprisonment for second-degree homicide and two to five years for attempted dismemberment and mutilation of business and 38 months to five years for attempted third-degree criminal sexual conduct that he'll serve consecutive. He was arrested in May 2019, after Sturgis police officer responded to a tip regarding the murder and dismemberment of Allen's girlfriend and searching Allen's apartment, officers located the mutilated remains of Allen's girlfriend's being stored in two coolers. Hmm. When in jail, Allen spoke to his cellmates about having strangled his girlfriend to the point of death. After finding out that cellmates had passed this information on to authorities, Allen sexually assaulted one of the inmates. When they were rehoused. Oh my God. Great guy. Hey, we just need to start a. a he said he's going to get his match.com for people that do the same crimes in prison. Shabusiness can, this guy can hook up. Well, you know, the craziest. That's a good angle, right? The craziest thing about that is he only, he, you know, 39 to 60 years. So he's going to serve a little over half of that, yeah. possibly, um, for mutilating and dismembering yeah. someone. Yeah crazy it should be life I, I i talked about this before it's hard to dismember somebody yeah i mean it takes it takes, you gotta have those double you, hefty bags like right the, well uh, I, if it's not the storage part is i'm talking about the actually cutting off cutting the limbs, the limbs yeah. it's tough gotta have the right equipment yeah and know what you're doing or <laughs> just have the wheel well, there's you're a scaring wheel, there's me a woody <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm thinking of all the animals that, that i dismember but the, the, so I mean, you do have some of that right equipment Oh, I have all the equipment. Don't I? Hey, no, but when you're doing, hey, you Mike, need... why don't you come over to North? That's something I want to show you. Bring a nice red. We'll put you on the trigger there. <laughs> God, I'm gonna have to bring a bodyguard with me if I ever go. Over there. You need to hire that black talent service here, Talon from Atlanta, come in the bulletproof uh, car with a gun toting drive. I saw another story about that company the other day. I would ask you guys if you'd ever been to Saudi Arabia, but I know neither of you have ever left Louisiana. So I'll just go on (laughs) with my next story, which is about Saudi Arabia executing 
A Nepalese I've man. For stealing yoga pants. What's that? I don't know. Let's see if yoga pants were involved. Those, yoga pants would be a serious offense in There's, Saudi Arabia. I, I bet they don't let them run free in Saudi Arabia from the stores. <laughs> they kill them immediately. Let's, I guarantee you. Let's. We they, actually have. They train their employees in Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Arabia. Yeah. They, they train their employees in Saudi Arabia to kill them in the store for stealing a piece of bubblegum. Mm. Okay. I'll that's look right. that up. I think that's a distinct. <laughs> worth it. I think that's a distinct possibility, but I don't know that. We know what, what I, they do to reporters they get in their embassies. What I do know <laughs> is that on Thursday, they executed this uh, uh, Nepali national after his conviction for stabbing a Saudi to death. The state-run Saudi press agency reported on the execution of Santa Bahadar Pune, saying it took place in the kingdom's out. <laughs> They killed Santa Claus. His name is really Santa? Okay. I pissed these guys off before. <laughs> and the rest of the that episode, the, last the rest of this show has been about <laughs> the ways that they're going to get back at me because I gave them a little bit of shit. And I'm not going to let that happen. So we're just going to plow through right, this Saudi through. Arabian story regardless of how that, they treat me. That was a legit question about Santa Claus. Though. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I think they're big into celebrating. You just glaze over <laughs> a man named Santa. They're <laughs> celebrating Christmas in Saudi Arabia. However... Saudi Arabia typically carries out executions by beheadings. Ooh, nice. Saudi Arabia is one of the world's top executioners, which... No dispute over drugs there, Louisiana. Um, and it occasionally executes foreigners. In related news, a merger was announced between the U.S. PGA Tour and the Saudi-owned <laughs> Live Tour. Since Saudi Arabia will now be the controlling shareholder, it is anticipated that certain rule changes to the way tournaments are run and scored will be forthcoming. One rumored change is that each tournament's high score, meaning the player with the worst score, will be beheaded in a ceremony on the 18th green at the end of each tournament. Oh, this is currently another one in, This people. is currently just a rumor at the moment, and the I team will stay close for any more breaking Saudi. And there is another sneak in my ego. Saudi's taking over golf. Jesus. All right, right, y'all. An Arkansas man says he beat a victim to death with a hammer for trying to seduce him while naked. An Arkansas man beat another man to death with a hammer and left his body in a bathtub because he claimed the victim was trying to seduce him. Matthew Speakman, 19, is charged with murder in the first degree theft of property, and possession of drug paraphernalia. Mm. Speedman got into an accident driving a 2009 Nissan Murano belonging to the victim. Jason Anderson, who is 49, law enforcement at the time could not reach the owner in his home or by phone. Later, however, a hysterical woman called authorities to say Anderson was dead She believed he had been killed because his vehicle was missing. Detectives got information about Speakman's crash while on the way to the murder scene in the town of Sulphur Rock. At the time, they found Anderson dead in a bathtub with the water still running. Deputies began to further investigate the crime scene and noticed blood uh, cast off on the shower wall and bloody shoot prints on the floor of the living area coming from the bathroom. The victim had injuries to his head. Upon removing the deceased from the bathtub, deputies noticed a hammer, a hammer handle, and three large rocks within the bathtub. Mm. 
During the course of contact, Speakman offered for the deputy to check his shoes for contraband, they wrote. The deputy did check the shoes and noticed them to have the pattern of the bloody shoe prints found inside the resident of the deceased. Speakman agreed to speak to investigators about the smoking device and use of Anderson's Nissan Murano. After filling out statements, he admitted to taking the meth smoking device from Anderson's vehicle. Yep. Investigators said they confronted him about the dead man and Speakman's shoe prints being there, and he said, y'all need the truth, don't (laughs) y'all? So, directly from the affidavit, Speakman stated the victim was nude and trying to seduce him into sex. He found a hammer on the coffee table, struck him in the head at least four times, and one time with a large set of rocks. Speakman, which, which head? <laughs> that was they didn't did not stipulate. Wait, one time with a large set of rocks. Set of rocks must have been in a bag or something. Yeah. Speakman stated he struck the victim one time in the head in the living area, and the rest of the strikes took place after the victim crawled in the bathtub and was inside the bathtub. He stated he was defending himself, but stated Anderson stopped fighting against him after only a couple of strikes with the hammer. And Speakman stated he continued to strike him in fear he would still try to have sex with him anyway. Speakman was asked if he ever thought about calling to get help for Anderson, and he said he should have. But he was afraid of jail and being in trouble. There you go. Yeah. There you have it. Meth. Yeah. Meth. Meth. Meth make you do crazy things. It's your business. And he wasn't down with the sex, yeah. apparently. Well, let me tell you about another person who has a little bit of strange sexual stuff going on, and that's a South Carolina youth pastor. Y'all, this dude needs his ass beat. Um, he was arrested and charged last week on accusations. He videotaped at least six different women and girls while they showered, some as young as 14 years old. The 35-year-old pastor, Daniel Mayfield, is charged with five counts of first-degree sexual exploitation of a minor and one count of voyeurism. The alleged incidents date back to 2022. Um According to the police, some of the incidents occurred in the bathroom at the Gowansville Baptist Church, where Mayfield was working as a student pastor. The church said uh, leadership was made aware of the incident of moral misconduct perpetrated by one of our uh, staff members, and Mayfield was subsequently fired. And you would never thank someone you know that's like a family because that's what our church is. It's like family. You would never think something so devastating would happen in this little circle of people. Uh, Mayfield admitted to filming one woman in the shower from outside her mother's house. He was confronted by the woman and her sister, who then called the police. She basically she was taking a shower. She was outside the window, and saw because he had his light on the recording her and. They got his phone, and that's when they discovered the former pastor had filmed at least five other young women at the church, including children. A parent of one of the alleged victims spoke during Mayfield's appearance in front of the magistrate court judge, telling the judge the families entrusted Mayfield with their children. He took advantage of them in, them in a vulnerable situation, and this is not just a one-time deal. And I, I guarantee they're correct on that. We haven't been to Florida in a while. Um, and this story, I imagine, has been a huge story in in uh, 
in northern Florida, in uh, Gainesville, certainly, and and the areas around there, because it involves a former University of Florida football star. In fact, a former national championship uh, winner from the 2006 team, a guy by the name of Tony Joyner, who uh, was once captain, believe it or not, of the Florida Gators team. Uh, and teammates with Aaron Hernandez, and we all know the Aaron Hernandez story, as well as teammates with uh, Tim Tebow. This story was, uh, was featured. The world has become a smaller place, and people are traveling more freely between countries than ever before. And companies are doing more business outside of their home countries than ever before. The geniuses at Rosetta Stone saw this trend beginning to develop years ago and have dedicated decades toward researching and refining the best and most efficient way to teach someone a new language. Rosetta Stone has been one of our most loyal sponsors here at Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show, and that's because many of you out there have trusted Rosetta Stone to prepare you for everything from a family reunion to a once-in-a-lifetime trip to a business trip in a faraway country. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program in the galaxy. Rosetta Stone's been there for us with a great product at a great price. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert in language learning for 30 years with millions of users. Rosetta Stone's intuitive process helps you pick up a new language naturally so you retain what you learn, and their true accent speech recognition feature is like having a personal trainer. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Au revoir. In... uh, I think it's on Oxygen, the Cold Justice. Uh, mm, that's a good. That's uh, a, actually show. a very good series. Yeah. That that chick is fire. Uh, for for more reasons than her good looks, it's a good show. Yeah, and, and she's and, not even that attractive, but she is a one hell of a cold case investigator. Uh, just a great. I don't even watch shows like that, but I stumbled upon that one, and that shit's legit. Y'all go watch it. Well, listen to this story. So. Uh, so this guy's named Tony Joyner, uh, and he was just sentenced to 25 years in prison for shooting and killing the mother of two young children. But this dates back to 2016. Yeah. Right? So uh, we're talking about a seven-year-old case. The former football star is now facing more than two decades in prison for murdering his girlfriend, Hazel Obando, with a gunshot to the temple on Valentine's Day back in 2016. Joyner had called the police himself, claiming he found her. She's the mother of his two children, murdered in their Fort Myers apartment. She was 26 at the time of her death. Joyner and Obando shared two young daughters together. Joyner was ordered to have no contact with the children or Obando or the Obando family ever again, which is interesting because, uh, you know, he wasn't arrested at the time or, or anything like that. Joyner's two daughters spoke with police days after their mother's killing, telling investigators that, quote, poppy shotted mommy, unquote, and, quote, mommy blood, unquote. So way back in 2016, they had the young uh, uh, children saying things like that, but I guess they just couldn't put 
a case together, and that's where uh, cold justice came in. So investigators were also suspicious about Joyner's 911 call in which they say he was acting odd, and he told the dispatcher, I'm sorry. If he had just found his girlfriend bleeding there, why is he sorry, Fort Myers Police Sergeant Lisa Brenneman said, um, and that was on the cold justice show. But Joyner never faced charges, and for years, the ex-college football star walked free, taking a job at a local auto dealership. Then in 2019, Cold Justice began investigating Obando's murder, leading to Joyner's arrest that June at the dealership. Quote, I wanted to see, I wanted to see in his eyes to see if there was any indication of remorse, but there wasn't any, said Fort Myers Police Detective Melissa Langdon, who interrogated Joyner. One thing bringing in cold justice allowed us to do was to spend nine days, almost like a blitz attack, working nothing but the case, Brenneman told reporters Join, uh, uh, when she was announcing Joyner's arrest. It's a luxury we don't often have because of fresh cases and other things like that. So because cold justice was involved, they spent nine uh, uh, days exclusively focused on this case and what she called a, a blitz attack and were able to put enough evidence together to get him uh, that many years after. And I saw, I saw cross. that episode actually. And, um, and well done. Most of the time they'll go in and only spend like seven days on, on this one. Then they got shit hot on the case. And it, uh, so they go in and they hear the case from and they, meet the uh, from the cops and then they meet the family members and it's this former prosecutor and whatever top cop uh, retired long time homicide detective they have and they work with the local officials they reconstruct crime scenes and everything else and and just really well done I wish that I had with all the requests I get on real life real crime original because of the success we've had in solving cold cases, I wish I had the resources these people do to go in and do that. I mean, how many crimes could we solve? Yeah, I think you you hit the nail on the head. And the problem a lot of times is is I think egos get in the way yeah, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. with law enforcement, Absolutely. and and yeah. uh, you know there's some that are great about it, right? Uh, and they want all the help they can get, and there's some that hey, this is our case, and we want to work mm-hmm. it. And, it almost becomes a, it's, an it's, issue with sharing information, I've right? Seen it. It's just stupid, and I, I never agreed with that. Well, your guy in the Courtney Coco case, yeah, I mean, absolutely, that. absolutely, and 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 even the ones that work with me, they still have guys that are inside that don't. That it was their shit, mm-hmm. and they don't want you solving it. Whatever yeah. to me, it's not about who solved it. That's right, solving it. That's right. It's it's about justice for the family right. of of whoever. So. Uh, more than 200 pounds of suspected cocaine has been found in a vehicle in Mobile, Alabama. Mobile. Look, and we just did a story where they had some yeah, cocaine yeah, wash yeah. up on a beach. Yeah, that was a That's do- part of the same, yeah. the same coke? <laughs> I don't know about that, yeah, but I know that that area is a, you know, that's on the way to Florida, right? So it's yeah, on the way coming from coming and going to. But it used to be back in the day. It all came into Miami. They shut that down and started coming to Texas. Now they're attempting to shut that that down more. So the Gulf Coast, uh, Alabama, Mississippi, et cetera, is 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 an easier access. It's less washed. Yeah. So in Mobile is Mobile Bay. I mean, it's right there. Yeah, that I I ten corridor right there right, is right. is notorious for it. So the Mobile County Sheriff's Office 
with the assistance of the Border Patrol, arrested two women suspected of cocaine trafficking, Melissa Dufour of Florida and Raquel Antonola of California, were arrested Thursday morning on eastbound I-10 in Mobile County. The sheriff's office said the two women were giving conflicting stories about what their travel plans were, which resulted in narcotics dogs being deployed and giving a positive alert. They searched a vehicle and discovered several hidden traps in the floorboard and the sidewalls that contained more than 217 pounds of cocaine. That's crazy. Uh, both were taken to the Mobile County Metro Jail and obviously charged with trafficking cocaine. The estimated street value, in case you're curious, $2.1 million. That's before he stepped on him with fentanyl. Yeah. Now, yeah, I got a question. 200 pounds for, for 200 pounds is 100 and some kilos. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. And my question, I guess, uh, for you, Woody, would be what at this point, so that, you know, the the sheriff's office, I guess, has $2.1 million worth of cocaine. What do they? (laughs) They take it. They're taking it. What do they do with it? They take it and they store it. And that's a very good point. They take it and they store it. And they have to take samples from each one of the things and send the lab independently cut and then until the trial happens until it's adjudicated and they get locked up that that 200 pounds of cocaine is sitting in a warehouse somewhere and then they'll just destroy they'll, they'll, it yeah they burn it flush it they down burn. the door oh, no, no, they won't go resell it christmas, yeah. christmas party <laughs> yeah yeah company yeah, christmas yeah. party yeah, the, uh, was that just snack. a random uh uh random stop yeah well they say it's random mm. those guys are working interdiction they had the border patrol with them, everything else. There's a lot. I won't even tell y'all about that because, but they know. And the largest one I was ever involved in was 54 kilos, which was uh, what 108 pounds of cocaine. But they knew when this vehicle was leaving, where yeah, you know, where, and that's a lot. So when you see them, so they were on that. They were on them the when whole you way. see them stacked up on the on the interstate like that, like when you, where you got your ticket at. That that guy was writing tickets, right? They got guys out there that are working what they call interdiction, and they're looking for certain vehicles. They have, I'm not going to tell you what they have information from. Uh, we'll say almost like military installations that do nothing but collect information on potential vehicles that are coming and people that are trafficking, and they sit out there all day long all night long waiting for these vehicles to pass. Mm, wow. Yeah, so there's more than that, but they're not going to give you their tips, and I'm not going to give them to you either. Yeah. But I'll tell you about some more cocaine if y'all want to hear about it. Sure. And Sonic Restaurant, y'all. Son- You're going to tell us about yes, cocaine at Sonic Restaurant? Okay. This is beautiful. Listen to this chef. You know, I don't even eat fast food, um, but if I do, I don't mind Sonic, right? Because usually yeah, the good. service is pretty good. And we did a story a couple weeks ago where the Sonic employee – Shot the dude, or they got in fist fighting and yeah. fight and all that. But um, in Espanola, New Mexico, there was this guy working in. Um, he served Celine Gonzalez a hot dog, and on the hot dog was a bag of cocaine. Hey, right, and wow. so. In lieu of the peppermint. She was about to eat it. She's about to eat it. She's getting that foot-long coney, right? She's pulling it out of the thing. She's getting ready to eat it, and there's a bag of cocaine. So cops were called, and they uh, reviewed the video footage from inside of Sonic. And there's a 54-year-old employee, David Salazar, 
and the footage showed him frantically searching for something he lost right after he <laughs> well, could have just right, dropped a fry though, right after he filled her or i guess he went to get him a toot after he filled that that foot long and how in the fuck do you drop your bag of cocaine <laughs> in somebody's hot dog might be one of the stupidest things we ever heard and of course his ass went to jail so y'all uh Look at yeah, your that, shit. That could have had some banjos accompanying that one for yeah, sure. Right? <laughs> yeah, it should be. But good story. You guys Jerry Maguire fans? Do you like the Jerry yes, Maguire? Yes, yes. Show me the money. Yeah, I'm Jerry Maguire because uh, I'm the guy in the movie because I air dry. Remember in, in his locker room, he's like, dude, can you cover yourself up? He said, no, bro, I'm air drying. I, I'm just teasing. I don't air dry. Okay, I so, air dry. I try to air dry. <laughs> you remember the uh, the actor who said, show me the money? Yeah, uh, Tom Cruise. No, no, no it's a uh, Cuba, Cuba Gooding Jr. That's the guy I was talking about saying air dry. Yeah, oh, but Cuba's have some history here in Baton Rouge. Does he? Oh yeah, he's not some, good. He's got some yeah. history in, in yeah. Uh, yeah. a lot of places. Yeah, you when you know Boys in the Hood was a legendary yes. movie. And, Boys and, in the Hood, uh, and he hard. was great. And talking that trash will pull your car. No, no nothing, nothing in life, life but, but to be legit. legit. Don't, Don't quote, quote me, boy, because I ain't saying shit. He was great. In the movie, yes, he was. And he, a lot between, of between those two movies, well, you have one, an image the one of where the guy. He, where he, he was the Navy diver, the first oh, white yeah, Navy yeah, diver. Yeah, that yeah, was, yeah. A, and De Niro was his diving sergeant. Another good movie. That, yeah, um, what was I forget the name of that? Uh, uh, it wasn't a few good movies. Uh, he uh, played an autistic guy in a movie to radio. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. See, he used to do good shit. Then he got off on a bender. I'm telling you, I. I know some shit about him. What happened to Bad Nerds never came to light. And it was him, him film when he was filming. I'm like, how in the fuck does this guy do that? And then he got away with it. Well, so I actually he, uh, was in a bar, not with him, but in a bar with a group of people in Los Angeles on Sunset. And he was there with a different group of people. And just watching him in that environment, yeah. you don't have to watch for long right. to know that he's, yeah, the, the image that now. you had in your head yeah. of the guy yeah. is not so, so oh, he's kind of like Nicholas Cage. He went down. Uh, he's, he's in a good bit of trouble. All right. What did he do? Well, uh, there are three women who claim that he sexually abused them, including one who's upset that she never got her day in court when Gooding resolved criminal charges without trial or jail time, uh, back in, uh, in 2013. Okay. Uh, Judge Paul A. Crotty said that allegations by the woman were uh, were relevant for a jury deciding if the Oscar-winning Jerry Maguire star raped a woman in a Manhattan hotel room after they met at a bar. He said the claims by the women who can testify are sufficiently similar to the claims of this woman, and so they didn't allow her to testify at that point. But in that case, he got off with... Uh, with no jail time and uh, and no actual uh, trial, he agreed to uh, to do some community service and and stuff like that. He got star treatment, mm-hmm. basically. Right. Um, lawyers for Gooding, who uh, uh, they refer to as a hashtag Me Too defendant in multiple courts, have said Gooding had consensual sex with the woman who accused him of rape after they met in the VIP lounge of a Greenwich Village restaurant. And she joined him at a nearby hotel bar, agreeing to proceed to his hotel room so the actor could change his clothing. Kelsey Harbert said in tears that after Gooding 
uh, pled guilty last year that never getting her day in court was more disappointing than words can possibly say. She told police Gooding fondled her without her consent at the Magic Hour rooftop bar and lounge, and um, the judge allowed the testimony of a fourth woman on the grounds that her proposed testimony that uh, Gooding had groped her breast without her consent in 2011 was so similar to Harbert's expected testimony that it would be, quote, needlessly cumulative and would increase the chance of an improper bias. Now the trial is set to start on Tuesday. Gooding, a star in films including Boys in the Hood, like we just talked about, um, was permitted to plead guilty in April of 2022 to a misdemeanor, admitting that he forcibly kissed a worker at a New York club in 2018. After staying out of trouble and completing six months of alcohol and behavioral counseling, Gooding was permitted to withdraw his guilty plea and instead pleaded guilty to a non-criminal harassment violation, eliminating his criminal record and preventing further penalties. That's that's the problem. Uh, uh, you know, still with state police, a friend of mine, he was in town filming a movie and she met him in the bar and she, I mean, her words, I wasn't there, but um, she, she used the same ruse. Come on, we'll go to the bar, I'm going to go to my room and change clothes. And he raped her. And I, I begged her to to bring the charges forth and she wouldn't because she was embarrassed. And so think about how many times he did. He's done this everywhere he goes, allegedly. Allegedly. Well, he's gotten away with it a bunch and been able to leverage his fame for uh, soft treatment. And we'll see where this And his fame, his movies are shit now, too, so don't watch them. Although, Boys in the Hood always. Yeah, yeah. His early shit was great. And then I think he went off the deep end. What? You can now take off that belt and move freely around the cabin. It is mile-high crime time. Woody, I'm glad you asked. And look, Friday we brought you to Houston's airport, and guess what? We're back at Houston's airport for this episode. Houston got some problems, y'all. Houston Intercontinental Airport runway was briefly closed late last week after the report of a trespasser on the tarmac. Operations at Bush Intercontinental Airport weren't affected despite a response to a reported person trespassing on the tarmac Thursday evening. Houston's airport system said a woman was on runway 15L, one of the five serving the airport, causing a closure of the tarmac for at least 15 minutes. The apparent trespasser was taken into custody about 8.40 p.m. that evening. It was not immediately known how the person made it on the tarmac or who the person was but authorities believe she wasn't a passenger on the flight. Thursday's incident came about two months after an unrelated intrusion by a police chase suspect. In that incident, investigators said a man used a box truck to crash through the gates. It wasn't until an airport employee on a luggage trolley helped block the suspect from hitting the airplane. Wow. So another Another. mile-high crime happening in Houston. Back to back, back y'all. Back to back, mile You can now take off that belt and move freely around the cabin. Thank you, Tiffany. Right. Uh-oh. I was hoping it was time for a kinky crime. Gentlemen. Kinky crime time for... Quickly becoming our most popular. Monday, right? So this is... This is... I mean... 
everybody has sex, right? But some people are a little out there. Uh, a little kinkier uh, than others. It, what do you ever Right? Do? And then this proves it. Uh, there is a fetish for everything. And I'll know I'm a fetish expert. The, um, <laughs> are yeah, you really trained feet, expert? Feet? Yeah, the, the, I just don't know where that one comes from. Uh, uh, but anyway, a Florida man was arrested early Thursday morning, which ended a month-long robbery spree in the Palm Bay area. Thirty-five-year-old Christopher Monin was reportedly stopped around one thirty as a suspicious person because he was riding a bike and carrying a large white bag. That was filled. If you could guess this, I'll give you a billion dollars. The bag was filled. All right. I was riding that patrolling down south one night, and I saw this dude riding a bike in the middle of nowhere at at like 3 o'clock in the morning, and he's pulling a a push mower behind him. And (laughs) and I'm like, I pull up. I say, hey, man, I I, I know he stole from somewhere. He is a crackhead. And I say, hey, man, what are you doing? Oh, I just borrowed my friend's lawnmower. I said, hey, he said I'm going to cut some grass. I said, 3.30 in the morning. I said, get out. I got out of the car. I said, all right, give me your glass dick. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Give me your crack pipe because I know you're a fucking crackhead. And you ain't no dope dealer because you got you know, lawnmower to get a trade. But this guy, 1.30 in the morning, large white bag filled with, give me a guess. A lawnmower. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know what it is. All right, so so then it wouldn't be fair. All right, y'all. It was filled with deflated pool floats. Mm. All right. So apparently over the past seven months, this guy has broken around 13 homes and stolen only pool floats. Mm-hmm. All right. Monin, the bad guy, admitted. <laughs> used, used pool floats. Right. Monin admitted to the robberies and told officers that he keeps the pool floats in a vacant home across the street from his. When officers checked it out, they found nearly 75 floats of all different shapes and sizes, including a duck, a piece of bacon, and even a shack-branded inflatable lounger. Oh, you got to have that. Right? And when police – I mean, I've got pool floats, right? But the, uh, when police asked They're him, expensive, too. Oh, they are. When police – I like the one with the net thing where you kind of sit down and it has the cup holder holds your beer. That's <laughs> fire. So you still – How about the water. giant unicorn? I, 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 my, yeah, that's the kid I went to. Yeah, a lot they, of people have that one for my, some reason. When I was a kid, for Father's Day, uh, we gave my dad the, the old one. It was the, had the styrofoam arms with the, the uh, yeah, lawn yeah, chairs, yeah, yeah. rough-ass shit on it. But anyway, back to moaning. So when police <laughs> asked moaning, oh, why? And he stated that he – sexually gratifies themselves with the floats. And he does this to keep his sexual aggression down with women. Mm. And he's currently facing a ton of charges. Y'all So it's summertime. Lock up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Pool floats. Yeah, the hell? Right. That's Dude, kinky that's, shit. I don't get it. Like he's, he's, I, he, he like just plays with himself while he's laying on a pool floor, or jacking he, off on the pool floor. Uh, he might like the materials. He might like the might. designs. There's no rub time. them in between them. Kinky know. crimes for Monday. I'm going to now that's a little kinky. Right that's, all, that's yeah. That ooh. all right. I mean, how many pool floats do you need to? Uh, hey, but to, you I like, gotta have a lot, little variety. Remind me not to. Variety is a Go on a eBay looking for yeah, pool yeah, floats. I, pool I don't points. want to end up with anything that was in that guy's bag. Banjo right. so time. Where the fuck did you find this story, Jim? Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Police charged a woman with murder after an argument led to a deadly shooting in Louisville. You know how spelled Louisville? Yeah. Louisville Slugger? Louisville, Kentucky? But, but they call it Louisville. Louisville. Uh, let's have one. I, I say Louisville. Yeah, but that, that's, you know. We haven't fought yet today. We haven't fought yet today. If you're there, you got to go Louisville. It ends in V-U-L. Louisville. Louisville. Okay. <laughs> I give up. I'm uh, I'm never going to be happier on the way home than I am going to be today. Um <laughs> Officers, officers were uh, were called after a shooting at a house. Once the officers arrived at the home, they found a man with a gunshot wound who was pronounced dead at the scene. The shooting happened around seven thirty p.m. Zaira A. Feriolo, age thirty four, was arrested and charged with one count of murder. See, this is Jim's story, and he gave me the he put the last name in here like six times. <laughs> just trying to trip me up on Ferriolo. Uh, you can't trip me up on an Italian name. In an arrest report, investigators said Ferriolo admitted that she went into the man's bedroom with a handgun, magazine, and ammunition. Ferriolo told police that she and the man had gotten into an argument and the man had hit her with a roll of wrapping paper. <laughs> Hmm. I guess it must have been a thick roll and uh, maybe thick paper. So it really (laughs) pissed her off. Uh, Ferriolo also told police that she killed, quote, someone and clarified that the man did not shoot himself. Uh, I don't know. I'm lost. Uh, Yeah. So she got hit with wrapping paper. So she killed the dude. I guess she thought that was justifiable. It was dumb. Dumb. Definitely dumb. Dumb as what a dumb criminal. Mm-hmm. Wait a they stole what? 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 What did they steal, Woody Everton? I don't know, but I bet it's good. Pool floats. Pool floats, yeah. Man, you're going to love been. this one. Has anyone seen a 12-foot tall inflatable gorilla rocking it with sunglasses, red shorts, a big smile, and hoisting a car above his head? I'm pretty sure if I saw that... That's a lot of those at dealerships, though. You see, oh, like, yeah, the, yeah. You know, that is that what it was? Well, you probably haven't seen one just like in someone's garage. If you have such or, shitty cars, you got to have a giant gorilla to, to get attention. But I'm sorry, go ahead. If you haven't seen it, neither have the Corpus Christi, Texas police. In there, they're on the hunt for one though. There's someone that stole a massive display from a local car dealership yeah. earlier this week. Surveillance footage caught multiple suspects taking the gorilla down, cutting its cords, and carrying off the accompanying air pump Sunday morning between 2 a.m. and 5 a.m. from a local Fiat dealership. Fiat dealership at that. The gorilla who does not have a name. Italian cars. The gorilla who does not have a name is valued at roughly ten thousand dollars. So this is really? no laughing thing. Yes, yeah, twelve and a half feet tall. We're in the wrong business. It's like a hot air balloon. We're in the wrong business. Yes, yeah, so when asked why it's an in, someone that's an inside job for the insurance. Come on, ten thousand dollars. That's that's three fiats. <laughs> when asked, I can't wait to cut all this out. When asked why someone would take time to steal a massive display gorilla, Pace said, you know, that's the million-dollar question. He said a few years ago, a purple inflatable gorilla was stolen from another dealership in town. 
Joe Hernandez, the GM of the Fiat dealership, said, It's crazy. I can't believe how it happened. Pace said it took hours for the gorilla to even deflate. What? So that was the part I was it's curious about when drinking, I read this story. Was, you can't just deflate yeah, a 12. Yeah. I mean, it would take hours. You, you and can't sure deflate did. a pool float uh, yeah. uh, without stepping on a little bit. Of shit. Well, they did it. So if you That's see crazy. that gorilla, report them to the police uh, in police Corpus Christi. They stole what? They stole what? And y'all, I want to lay out a little challenge to the lifers out there. I've done this before on the original Real Life Real Crime. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you all y'all for listening and liking and sharing all that. But I want you to go, if you're so inclined, to iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast and leave a review for Real Life Real Crime Daily. Right? Yes. And send us a picture of your review and we're going to put them all in a hat. I just came up with this a minute ago. And we're going to put them all in a hat and we're going to draw a winner or maybe up to three winners, depending on how many submissions we get. That we will draw a winner and we'll read your review on the air and we'll send you a swag bag. There you go. Yeah, sound good? Yeah, sound right, good. Mike, you good with that? Sure. All right. So, Because uh, y'all liking and sharing and, and – and, Listen, and everybody loves it. We never knew the show. My brothers would be such a success, and we're blessed to be able to do it and bring it to you four days a week. Um, let the rest of the world know what you like about it. That's right. That's right. So, And until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Ago. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm pricing I'm out large inflatables as we that? speak. They're expensive as hell. Yeah, I told right. you we're in the wrong business. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavina. For real life, real crime daily. Peace. Show business. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.